Hi, Hi. I'm Jenny. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, please. Uh, I'm still Jenny. I am Dan. And this is... Rookie Movie Reviews. Been a while, folks. Dan, could you remind the audience what we do on this podcast? It has been a while. What we do on this podcast is watch the top 100 movies on IMDb based on a poster that we got for Christmas. It's now outdated. And I'm just realizing we should probably post that poster on our Instagram and be like, here's a creator. But uh, we took a bit of a hiatus, and then we kind of looked at this podcast and said, you know what, let's just watch movies that we want to watch and then talk about them uh, when we want to talk about them. And rather than having only top 100 and occasionally a B-plot, my understanding is that the driving force will be the top 100, but we're going to talk about movies that we were excited to watch and want to watch and, and all that stuff. Is that fair? Yeah. Also, we're going to figure out how to actually podcast so that sound isn't so weird anymore. Yeah. Right now, our setup is uh, Blue Yeti graciously gifted to Jenny by a secret Santa. Yes. And I think it, we were just talking about this. I don't know how to do any of this shit because we have it on like 360 mode right now to pick up all the noise. Yep. But our voices are so different. I feel like I have a lot of bass and you don't have a lot of bass and that just communicates into the microphone so strangely but that's the truth for a lot of podcasts and they make it work i don't know how i i'm a soprano you know yeah yeah i kill men leave horses in their beds leave horse heads in their beds that's not soprano constantly eating oranges what that's, that's, all <laughs> that's the godfather i know <laughs> <laughs> uh, good bit good movie podcast bit so, Jenny, uh, that was what we do. What did we watch? We watched The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. And you might remember from Halloween of 2020, uh, we watched all the Conjuring movies. And then we might have talked about them here. Or we just did it. I think we did. We uploaded a B-plot of The Sick. Conjuring Universe. So here's the bastard son of that love child. If hmm. Bastard grandson, if that one was our love child. But this is our other child. We have two kids. One is The Conjuring. Um, all seven of the ones that were out then. And then this is Conjuring Junior. The devil made me do it. And if we were good podcasters, we would have pulled up the list we made of how we ranked them and determined where to slot it in but officially. But I think now we're I just going to kind of say, like, ah, it's about here. It's better than these. Not as good as those. I don't remember the rankings. I would call the devil... I'm going to... Spoiler alert. I'm going to call it almost as good as The Conjuring. The first one? Almost as good. Definitely better than Conjuring 2. Wow. Disagree. I did fall asleep in intervals. Yeah. Yes, you did. But that's because I'm a sleepy girl. I strongly disagree with that take. I also fell asleep during Sunshine, and you think that's a good movie. Sunshine, yeah. With Cillian Murphy. Sunshine is a great movie. Cillian Murphy. I don't know. I always said Cillian, but I I've think heard I fell Cillian. asleep during Mitchell's versus the Machines. Yeah, that was a good movie too. But I really like that movie. I've seen a lot of good movies. I fall asleep. We've seen a lot of bad movies. Woman in the Window, bad. Fell asleep during that. Yeah. You know, it's just I, I don't. I don't have the same issue. I don't fall asleep as much. I, w I wish no one ever fell asleep during movies. Oh. <laughs> but, 
seven years in. That's, and the that truth is, is revealed. Not a secret. You knew this. If we didn't have a comfortable couch, we wouldn't have these problems. We can watch these movies on wooden chairs. I think I could still do it. You'd, I could still fall asleep. Just you'd tumble out yeah. an hour and a half in? Okay. I think I stayed awake for Call Me By Your Name. Which is crazy because that one was super slow. It was so, yeah. In the last half hour is when it really picked up. Yeah. That was pretty good. It was. Timothy. Timothy Chalamet and the Cannibal Army Hammer. Isn't that just... Who'd figure? It's crazy as shit. It doesn't even look anything like Jeffrey Dahmer. And none of it has been confirmed, but I believe it. 100%. Uh, ain't that the rumor mill. Right. What was that bit from Family Guy? Where they were all held hostage and they had to come up with uh, a lie to pass the time. Uh-huh. And then they just said something outlandish like, oh, someone pays uh, sex workers to choke them. And then immediately after saying that, they're like, oh my god, really? Like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Now, Army Hammer wants to eat a rib bone out of a human. I oh my God. also want that. My brother will not eat ribs. Pig ribs? Any ribs whatsoever, because they look human. It could be human ribs, and he wouldn't know it. Who says this? Ryan. He won't eat Does ribs. he really think that? Uh, I I don't know if it's all a bit, but I've never seen him eat ribs, and every time it comes up, he asserts that it's the most human-looking of meats, and it's just a bridge too far. All so. meat would look, I mean, yeah, I guess if you any, break it down. anything beef-based or pork-based. I mean, pig is probably the closest. Uh, my meat is actually very similar to chicken meat. Mm-hmm. I'm like an iguana. Wow, what does their meat look like? Similar to chicken. <laughs> Are iguanas <laughs> red meat or white meat? Um, the other other white meat. This is a great question. Uh, would you ever eat a lizard? I think I would. I'd eat a lizard. Yeah, I've eaten snake. I've eaten snake too, but in like those stupid jerkies. Yeah, um, I had it in the form of a hot dog. Oh, that's right. And I don't. That counts. You know, it's not like. What, for it to count, you have to suck a snake tube or something, like, right off its body? I mean, snakes seem really similar to fish, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would not eat... Well... I would eat a monkey. We have monkey. We've got monkey. Do we have... What? From It's Always Sunny. Oh. <laughs> a monkey? I think I would. I don't know. That's kind of like the most messed up thing, I think, short of human. Yeah. I don't think I could eat dolphin. I would still eat octopus, even though I know how intelligent they are. But I also haven't seen my octopus teacher yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fish is like... They're, we're eating all of them. Yeah, they're dying. We gotta stop eating fish. My other brother, John, mm-hmm. says that he would eat human and do meth on his deathbed at the same time. And then kill himself. <laughs> And that is the most potent food-based memory I have with John. Would I eat... It would have to... has to be like a consent thing, I think. Would you eat human? If if I had their consent. If a human said, yeah, chomp me up. Yes. I would be... Maybe. I would... I would... I don't know if I would eat... I'd I'd do it in a survival situation. Like, I eat my cuticles all the time. Yeah. (laughs) 
That was grosser than all the hypothetical, like, eating people meat. Cuticles. <laughs> what a word. No, I stopped biting my nails a couple years ago. Yeah, I haven't. Do you eat your cuticles? Do I eat my cuticles? Is that like the fleshy meat from under the nails? <sighs> I've grossed myself out too much. I bet you have. I always win these gross out competitions. <laughs> Say something outlandish, I want up ya, and you back out. Um, they recently were eating cicadas. Yeah. They, teenagers, Teens. Gen Z. Gen X? Gen Zoomers. Z. Zoomers. And then what's what's the next one? Like, what's Meadow? Uh, I think... I don't know what that name of that generation is. Maybe it'll be a millennial thing where Meadow's on the tail end of Zoomers. Yeah. And then, like, little Dan will actually be... Yeah, the next... You know. It's crazy, just a, a span of a few years is like, oh, well, you have a whole new classification, different genus. We're millennials. No, we're, on, we're, we're just in it. I think that makes sense for me. Yeah. More or less. I don't know, we had to deal with, we live in a post-9-11 world, but, I, you know. Yeah. I don't have too many memories, but I remember 9-11, and apparently that's the big one. That's one of the dividing... Yeah. That makes sense. That's another weird thing, because between Meadow and Dan... They... Yeah. ...handful of years, and it's just kind of like, I guess somewhere in those years is the dividing line, but then for other generations, it's like, oh yeah, this event is the definitive split between Probably these... COVID for them. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be who remembers the pandemic. Jesus. Yeah. That's a good point. Because, I mean, a whole year just gone. That's not nothing. No. God. Let's talk about Conjuring. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's hop into our little familiar template here. Let's talk about the plot. You know, a lot went down. And then uh -huh. throw in some monkey shines in there. And uh, get through it. You know, Conjuring 3. So... Uh, the movie kicks off with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who the are... The original actors. The original actors. They're really great. I forget their names. I'm actually going to look Ed and Lorraine up. Warren. Uh, the, the actor and actress. <laughs> um, Vera Farmiga is Lorraine, and Patrick Wilson is Ed. And Patrick Wilson was in... Sinister. Sinister, which makes people... Did he play Ed Warren in Sinister? No. Okay. Same. It might as well have, though. He played a father. Oh, okay. Who, you know, like the dude from Office Space in Conjuring. Uh, the, the father of the family. Yes. Uh, that was that was Patrick oh, not Wilson like... in Insidious. No, no, not, not the... I the just crossed Trinity. myself. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Trinity. Yeah, so in Office Space, the dad figure is played by... Or in Conjuring, played by Ron Livingston. That is the dad uh -oh. figure. And then in Insidious, Patrick Wilson is the, the dad figure. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm such a sucker for horror movies that follow that template. Having which, a dad? No, uh, the family in a haunted house, oh. beset upon, and then you've got the, the mom, the dad, one of them doesn't believe. It's normally the dad that doesn't believe. And then the kids, and then they bring in the experts. And then they bring in the holy figure, 
and then it blows up and everything goes crazy and then it resolves and I think like Conjuring 1 does that perfectly phenomenally Conjuring 3 does not follow that formula at all mm-hmm. so to my in my opinion to its detriment but uh, the movie kicks off we've got Patrick Wilson and Vera Farigma um, the Warrens going to a family they're performing an exorcism this young boy named david glatzel is possessed and they're it's in media res midst of the exorcism the young boy in media res in media res in the action if a movie starts out in the middle of a firefight in media res bah latin but um it, it's all kicking off all going crazy the exorcism continues, and at a certain point, the possessed boy's sister's boyfriend, Arnie, Arnie, says, take me, demon, take me instead of David, and the Ed Warren guy witnesses the demon transferring over to Arnie, and he suffers a heart attack because the possessed boy says, I'm going to stop your heart, old man, and rather than just having a heart attack in a stressful situation it's a demon induced heart attack and he witnesses this all and the exorcism concludes with the demon having a new host everyone thinks it's all hunky dory and ed is now recovering from a heart attack so that's where we kind of kick off pretty good opening sequence it's fine it's not it's not scary you know it's just a lot of shit going down and a demon crunching i think that's kind of scary i'd argue that's scary did you feel scared while watching it? Or were you like, oh, this is, yeah, okay, demon stuff? You think I'm supposed to answer I wasn't scared? Demon stuff's scary. Well, that's something I kind of want to talk about. Because watching the movie, you're so ready for what's going to go down, pretty much. Like, oh yeah, demon. And the concept is scary, oh, being possessed by a demon but the actual event, like the stuff flying around, like that's not... Parts of this movie definitely scared me, but this opening sequence is just like, oh, it's like a big action set piece almost. More than be terrified of this boy. The boy's just screaming. It's like, oh, it's a demon doing this. You know, it, it wasn't... Run of the mill. Regular Saturday night. Yeah. Demon stuff. Run of the mill horror stuff. It's Let's exciting. get a Ouija board out. Do you want to get a Ouija board out? No. Is that why that's is, not what I said. Is that scary? <laughs> it well, that would be more scary because that's like the unknown, you know. You know this demon though, so it's chill. This I'm saying this sequence is closer to. It it's closer to like the New York fight from the Avengers than it is to, uh, like some scene from It Follows. You know, in the scope of, oh, this is really scaring me. Not really. It's exciting, but it's not terrifying, you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's my thought on the opening. Okay. So Ed wakes up in the hospital, and he tells Lorraine that he witnessed the demon enter Arnie's body. It entered his body. <laughs> Yeah, that's a reference to Drawful, which is a YouTube channel y'all should check out. Drawfee. Drawfee. Okay. 
So she has the police go to the Glatzel household to tell them that something bad will happen. A tragedy will happen. Meanwhile, Arnie and Debbie go back to their apartment that is above a kennel where Debbie works. Arnie doesn't feel good. And the landlord comes over and he's like, come on, Arnie, we're going to have some beers, Arnie. You're my buddy, Arnie. We're friends. Which, super weird, one might argue, to have a landlord come over and drink beers with you. Unless that landlord also wanted a threesome. Like in New Girl. New Girl reference. Yes. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at referencing That's other obscure references. media. Who knows who's getting it? Yeah. I'm not getting Someone it. Someone out there. Do you want to invite our landlord over for a threesome? Nope. <laughs> not Steve? No, thank you. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Continue the summary. He's place. got a twin brother, <laughs> yeah. which twins are double the fun. Double the fun. So this wouldn't just be the landlord, it'd be him and his twin. So I guess that's, I guess, what, where's the line from a sum, number sum, to an orgy? That's one to turn over in your head for a while, I guess. Anyway, he kills the landlord, because the landlord was not DTF. <laughs> And this is the whole precipice of the movie. Like, a lot of this, um, a lot of the plot that isn't about demons is centralized on Arnie being arrested for murdering his landlord mm-hmm. by stabbing him 22 times. Yeah. So, his defense attorney calls in the Warrens because they have... Well, his defense attorney doesn't really call in the Warrens, but they catch wind... And they say that this should be, um, he should be innocent because he was possessed by a demon. Mm -hmm. And that's never been a valid argument before. And they've only proven it in the church. So this would be in the court of law. It's a big deal. They need outside support. And it's this, this is the beginning of the investigation. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. you want to say about all of that? Anything about the orgy stuff? Was that good? Should, is that funny? Should we keep that in? Yeah, that's funny. You're okay. funny. The whole concept of this is this is based on a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like some, there was an Arnie, and he did stab somebody to death, and he did claim that there was demonic possession that caused it, and there's a whole real case. Most of the movie was fabricated to fill out a movie time, but, you know, all happened. I'd argue. The entire? Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I'm saying, like, hey, he made this defense, and if that's all, like, I don't know the actual reality, but at some point in this movie, they go visit a a haunted farm with a bunch of, like, demon shit in the basement, and I have to imagine that the Warrens didn't go do that in real life. So that's what I mean that, when I say that. That comes later. Yeah. But, but uh, one thing I did like, and I was kind of disappointed that they didn't go into this more, was there was a sequence right after Arnie says, I was possessed by a demon. I couldn't have done it. The Warrens show up, make him read from a Bible, and present like religious artifacts to him, and say, touch these, interact with these, do Christian stuff. <laughs> and he can with no issue. And the Warrens say, well, you're not possessed because you could read from a Bible. And that just unequivocally states that there's not a demon present in you right now. So 
you're not possessed now. I don't know if you were then. And I like that because it's so, you know, tying in all this uh, faith, religion, occult stuff into actual investigative efforts seemed like a really fun way to take the movie. Yeah. And they don't really do that anymore. They just kind of say, like, after a certain point, they're like, oh, he's definitely possessed. Now we've got to find why he's possessed. It's Mm -hmm. no longer a question of, is he? Is he lying? How do we prove it? I think it'd be cool to take a movie like Primal Fear, you know, and have something so slow like that and uh, attach this uh, occult thing onto it. Now that I think about it, I think I've talked about this movie so many times on the podcast, but A Dark Song has that element of here's all the religious stuff and someone in the movie believes it wholeheartedly, but you, the viewer, can never be sure if what is being said is the truth or meant in earnestness and the characters are just grappling with that as well because that whole movie is like, hey, we're going to cast a spell, you have to do all this fucked up stuff to do it. And the character's like, yeah, okay, let's do the spell. And the whole time you're thinking, no, no way. They can't happen this way. This movie started to tease that. And then just kind of gave up on it and said, okay, we're going to be haunted. Now it's real. So, Primal Fear is such an interesting movie that you have brought up. Mm-hmm. Courthouse stuff. Yeah, with Richard Gere. Yeah, and uh, Ed, Ed Norton. Where he does the switch at the end. Spoiler. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. for Primal Sorry. Fear. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, yeah, they begin this investigation into Arnie's possession. They say, we will find evidence for you, or try and prove that you were possessed. Yep. (laughs) Dramatically pointed me. Um, (laughs) uh, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Catching up on the plot. Um, While they're investigating, they discover a satanic witch totem. So that is passing a curse along, and they decide to meet with Kastner, who is a former priest that dealt with a big cult called the Disciples of the Ram. I don't know if this is a real cult, but they were religious-based, and they would make these totems, they'd curse people, and Katzer says occultists intentionally left it, cursing the Glatzels, and causing the possession of David. So they're looking into this cult a little bit more. Not a whole bunch, but we get some exposition about the cult. Kastner's a weird guy. He's got a basement full of demonic shit. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun parallel, at least. Like, if you're, I guess, invested in these movies. I would say that we're invested in these, having seen all of them in chronological order. And That's making so a thing of it. how... God, right? My sister Rachel is really into them. Yeah. Like, she'll rewatch them frequently. She oh. owns all of them on DVD. She thinks Annabelle is the coolest one. Which I'd agree. I think the Annabelle lore is... Is that... The... That's the whole business with the Conjuring. So this is completely Annabelle agnostic. Yeah. Is is the Annabelle one... Is that the one where it's the daughter and the babysitter and, like, locked in the house and things go crazy? Or is it That the is one... the Conjuring too. No, The Conjuring 2 is where they go to the UK and Valak is... Oh my god! Uh, So I guess that's Annabelle Comes Home? Yeah, I think Annabelle Comes Home is where they're in the house, and then one of them is the one where the family has to... All I remember of that is they get stuck in the elevator, 
and the door keeps opening to the basement, and then the woman runs through the door and becomes oh my a God. demon. Yeah. Scary. And then there's the one where it's a new family. Yes. And a person of color sacrifices herself for two white people. Yes, that Problematic. is... Problematic. I think that one is... Not Conjuring 2, uh, but Annabelle Creation? Yeah. No, it's Annabelle, and then Annabelle Creation is all the young girls in oh the orphanage. God. Okay. And then Annabelle Comes Home is the babysitter and the daughter locked in the house, which is the best of the Annabelles by a wide margin. Don't forget the nun. The nun is garbage. <laughs> the nun and don't is forget, so bad. Um, no, that was Guillermo del Toro, uh, La Llorona. But she fit in there somehow, right? Or did we just watch that movie? That wasn't Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Uh, the same director of this movie uh-huh. is the director of La Llorona. And oh, why did I think it was del Toro? Oh, del Toro made a different Llorona movie. I don't know if he directed the Spanish language one, but this, there's a Spanish language movie called La Llorona, which is super high rated. That one's legitimately good. Yeah. That's one with the CGI monster lady. No, we yes. did, we didn't watch the entirety of the Spanish language one. I have. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, I have not. So you, it was good. Yeah. Okay. And then the Conjuring has the Curse of La Llorona, which Thank is you. really bad. Yeah, where the it's implied that La Llorona is about to be a good person again, and then the kid betrays her, uh-huh. and she turns back to evil. Yeah. So, Spoiler alert. there's a sh- shitloads of <laughs> movies. I don't even start talking about the, the detail. This one is Annabelle agnostic. No, no Annabelle. Uh, Annabelle. Annabelle. Cannonball on the Annabelle. Um, yeah, no, no Annabelle in this third one. Same director as The Curse of La Llorona. All that being said. No Del Toro. He makes great movies. I don't even know why I dragged his name through the mud to bring him to these. Yeah. Just kidding. These movies, are they are what they are. They're fine. They're fun. They're fun. I think the fun fact I had in my head is Del Toro made a Yorona movie. The only horror movie that I know Del Toro did for sure is uh, Crimson Peak. Well, what about Pan's Labyrinth? I've never God. seen that. Is that you horror? haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth? No, we talk about this oh, all the time. Oh, dude, let's watch that instead of Ella Enchanted. Oh, okay. I'm done with that. Oh, my God. Oh, that's in Spanish, too. Is that okay? Yeah. Another Spanish horror movie I really like is The Orphanage. Have you seen that one? I think I made you watch that one. Uh, no, I've never seen The Orphanage. Where the woman adopted the little boy, and he... Okay. I don't remember it. Okay. Maybe we watched it and I forgot it. That one's good. Spanish. Spanish. Uh, Spain. That's what I was going to say. Movies from Spain. Movies that are Spanish. Anyway. Fucking, I can't remember. The the transphobic one. That, yeah, that was uh, Melisanya 32. Mal. Yeah, I know bad was in the title. Um... Malasanya 32. And that movie was... That is a Spanish language movie as well. Follows the tropes of a family moving into a haunted place. And the reason it's transphobic is because the vengeful spirit ghost uh, was a transphobic person. No, a trans person. Uh, A trans person, thank you. And the movie asserted, like, hey, not... 
only were they ostracized because they were a trans person, which, you know, not that concept is not transphobic. That's just reality, yeah. unfortunately. But it also asserted that because this person uh, didn't had difficulty identifying what gender they truly were, they became hateful and evil and murderous, which which uh, is problematic. So also, they kept dead naming her. Oh yeah, and referring to her as him. Yeah, the finale is like, oh, he just wanted to be a woman. It's like, oh god, he was just uh, he was unhappy, and it's like, no. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing this all wrong. Come to 2021. It's a little better. It's not great. No. It's not good at all. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. It's a lose-lose situation all around. Yeah. The movie was okay up until the finale. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was so weird. It took such a 180. You know what movie everyone should watch is uh, Terrified. Yes. Terrified is a movie... It is available on Shudder. It is Argentinian. And, uh... The opening scene with the shower? Yeah. God, so good. It's a really brutal movie, but it's very good. Uh, so we're talking about all these lame endings. Terrified is good throughout. Yes. And, uh, Hell House. Hell House? The first one. Yeah. Just the first one. Just the first one. And then what was the one with all the clowns? That was Hell House. What was the one where they were trapped in the house? When there were clowns in the basement? And when they walked no, by, not they would look the, at them? No, not the haunted house. Oh, um... Oh, yeah, the teens go to the haunted house. Yeah. That was, um... Let's see here. Uh, clack, 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 It won't clack. be as audible because I'm not on the, uh... On the table? Okay. Oh, gosh, what was it? Haunted house movie? I think that came out in 2019... How good is it? Can't remember the name. Haunt. This Haunt. is called Haunt. Super good. Haunt is great. It's also really violent. Um, so if you don't like violence in your movies, don't watch Terrified or Haunt. But great horror movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Back so, to the one we watched. <laughs> yeah. So, so they find out, like, hey, Castner says witch totem. Looked like a deer femur. Yeah. And it had little antlers or whatever. And the You know word, what? What? Sorry, 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 no. sorry. What's wrong? True Detective first season. Yes, that's so funny because last night me and my friends were talking about that extensively. True Detective. Yeah, we. Do said, you want to rewatch the first season? Yeah, because cool. our conversation was, uh, "What is the best season of TV you've ever seen?" And a bunch of people said True Detective season one, and then it was, "What is the best scene in True Detective season one?" And then it was, uh, "What is the best line from all seasons of True Detective?" <laughs> and uh, these conversations were possible. I just kind of listened, but um, all three of my friends have seen every episode of True Detective at least three times every season. Wow! And then Bo has seen True Detective season one like over two dozen times. Watch it. He just turns it on. It's one of those shows that's always on, so he knows everything Damn. front to back. But yeah, I do. So that, like that's it. my community. Yeah, <laughs> which is which is weird because it's so much heavier and yeah. less watchable. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so they find out, what I was going to say is that the word witch, is get, it, your, get your, it's, it's get a, your ass wet witch, get your witch ass wet, I'm going to get your witch ass wet, the word witch is such a comedy word for me now, because 
all I think about is we just watched episode one of the characters on Netflix, and one of the characters in that show threatens a woman that she's going to get her witch ass wet, uh-huh. <laughs> she's going to beat her up. And then I also think of BuzzFeed Unsolved, where <laughs> which hole? Shane keeps referring to random holes as witch holes, and he's like, that's some sort of witch hole. So yeah, He's a funny guy. He's on, um, I'm not going to shout him out. Yeah, Follow us on Instagram. He doesn't need it. At Rookie Movie Reviews. <laughs> BuzzFeed Superstar. So the Warrens go to Danvers, Massachusetts. This was my least favorite part of the movie by a mile. Okay. It was so boring. Um, they find a different woman named Katie was stabbed 22 times, just like the uh, landlord that Arnie killed. Steve. Uh, the landlord was named... No, that's our landlord. Our landlord is Steve. His landlord is Bruno. Bruno. Like the dog. So, they... The sequence was so lame. Um, I thought it was kind of cool. The Warrens go... Uh, to Danvers, the detectives that investigated this murder found a similar totem to what the Warrens had. Lorraine Warren goes into the woods and has a vision of what happened. Because Lorraine in these movies is a psychic person. And I guess in real life she claims to be a psychic, but come on. So uh, she's got an intense psychic vision where she takes on the role of this missing woman and witnesses that she gets possessed and stabs her friend 22 times. And then after stabbing her friend... What? Lovers? Potentially lovers. I guess they kind of hinted at the fact that they uh, were flirting, but it was in the 80s or something, so it was, you know, not to be. But... Uh, she stabbed 22 times and then runs off and realizes through the vision. She doesn't really have control of herself when she's having these visions. So she almost jumps over a cliff where the woman who performed the murder, after realizing she did the murder, went to go kill herself by jumping off this cliff. Uh, Ed Warren saves her last second. And uh, the police perform another drag on the lake beneath the cliff and find the body of uh, this woman who was possessed and performed the murder thanks to the vision of Lorraine. Uh, One thing that should be called out at this point is that due to Ed having a heart attack, he can't really run. So this is the tensest part of this was thinking that Ed would have to push himself to the point of another heart attack more so than Lorraine having the vision for me personally. Okay. Um, The stabbing is very gross and visceral. I think stabbing in general is one of the most heinous. Stabbing stuff is so hard, too. It's, you have to get some real power in your stabs. Yeah, and it... <laughs> what? You gotta have is real like power. A, is that a tip? Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess if you want to think about it that way. I don't think I could ever stab someone or something successfully. I, I at thought least. you were saying like stabbing stuff is hard to see because it's really gross. Oh, you're like, no, the act of... It's physically difficult as well. (laughs) You have to really mean it. And I never mean it. No. That's good. I'm happy you don't have your heart behind stabbings. Yeah, so they find the body and... Well, if I was stabbed, I possibly might have my heart behind the stabbing. That's true. Or in front of. I guess if I got stabbed in the back. 
Yes. So do you have opinions? You said you kind of like this vision sequence. Yeah, I... I was incorrectly assuming it was also based off a true story, which it is not. But I really liked, um... I guess in the coronary... Coronary? Coroner? Oh, the coroner's office? Yeah, I really liked that, because that was really scary. I liked that one. That was okay. the scariest part. I was, okay. like, I was bringing You just mean up, this part. This particular wood sequence, because I was going to, like, pass Lorraine the baton Lorraine has the vision of her running in the woods, and it switches between her and Katie running from the demon. Yeah, I didn't. I thought that was so tense. It's tense. I'm, I'm, and like, then, yeah, I think it's Katie who tries to pull her off the cliff. That was kind of a... Yeah, demon's like, I'm going to bring you I'm not here. emotionally invested in Ed and Lorraine anymore in these yeah. movies. Which is so dumb, because they have the cutest love story, which I am invested in. Oh, yeah. We never covered officially the love story, but there's a scene earlier on, which is pertinent at the end of the movie, where the way that Ed and Lorraine met was that Ed was a ticket boy at a movie theater. An usher. An usher. And I remember fake love stories, I guess. That's all I care about. <laughs> and Lorraine went to the movie, and then after the movie ended, Ed took her out for ice cream, which is just so weird to me that... You can have a 30-second interaction with some person and be like, thanks for the ticket, and then agree in that time, like, after this movie wraps up, let's go get ice cream. Well, they didn't have Tinder back then. Yeah. It's hard to meet names. Ed must have just been, like, sitting there, like, watching after a shift. I would do that. To, like, catch. You swipe and left, you swipe left, you swipe left, you swipe and left, you keep swiping left. Shut Shut up, up, Naughty. (laughs) (laughs) That's another reference to Auntie Donna, which is the best show show on television. Uh, Netflix. Best show on Netflix. Better than characters. Yes. But, um, it's not Pete Holmes. Uh, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson's characters. Yes. Top tier. He's so weird. You should leave. I love him. So So, strange. Will you bring us through the the morgue sequence? Yes. Uh, the Warrens go to the funeral home where Katie, nope, uh, Jessica, hmm, who did they dredge the lake? Uh, Katie. Okay. No, um, Katie's friend Jessica. Jessica did the stabbing. Sorry. Okay. Jessica is also missing. She's the one who the police couldn't find and then Lorraine did the vision and then the police found her. Because she's like, oh, she jumped off right here. Yes. Um... Sorry about this pregnant pause. But in the funeral home, there's a scene with a giant bloated corpse chasing the Warrens. And I think that's supposed to be Jessica. No. No? Because they touch the hand of Jessica. Right. And then a different corpse elsewhere in the morgue gets up. It's like a big fat guy. I guess... I really asserted in my mind that the body should be waterlogged and therefore it should be bloated, but it's just a fat person. Well, for Jessica, all we see is her hand and it's all like slimy, green, gray. Like the autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, but worse. Which is also excellent. Yeah. Jane Doe, she looked normal but pale. She was a witch. Witch ass. Her witch ass was wet. Okay, this is great. This is really easy to keep track of what I'm saying right now. Body, dead body chases him through the morgue. Very scary. I was very scared. I was scared. It was so scary. I was afraid. Okay. And then, in another vision of Lorraine's, she sees the occultists attempting to have Arnie kill himself. 
and he is mopping because he's on mop duty in his in insane in his prison. I thought it was kind of like an asylum too, maybe because there were just beds out in the open. And this, I think, a isn't a big thing of prison the isolation. Uh yeah, it's like a tortured form for like solitary confinement, but but I mean you have your own bunk. Yeah, my understanding of prison based on media is a bunk bed. Okay. Two people in a cell. Two people? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'll think of any media with prison. I mean, prison. there are also very overcrowded prisons out there. Yeah. What? It's not a fun fact. Oh, affordable housing. But they no longer have, like, the rent-a-bed because those were so unsanitary that those got outlawed. Like, in oh. The Kid with Charlie Chaplin, when oh, they yeah. have a singular bed rented for a few cents, those got outlawed. So there's, you know, you have to sleep in the streets instead. Like, that kind of stuff. Oh. So, yeah, the attack on the poor by eliminating affordable solutions that were... Because they were unsanitary, there's just... There's an absence of a solution instead. Mm-hmm. So, like, right now people are arguing, oh, get get the homeless out of the parks. Then yeah. where do they go? Yeah. Because they're not making solutions. They're just saying get rid of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway... Arnie was mopping around those beds. And then Lorraine gets threatened by the cultists. And she reveals to Ed that the connection works both ways. Horrifying. The Warrens go back to Connecticut to continue their investigation. And Drew gives a book of witchcraft... That he found to Ed. And he says that in order for the curse to be lifted, the witch totem, the altar, where is where they operate. Not the totem. I'm sorry. Anyway, where they operate must be destroyed. They also realize Katie attended Fairfield University. And they assume that the occultists operate around there. Lorraine goes back to Father Kastner for help, and he reveals that he had a daughter, um, which he's definitely not supposed to do, because priests aren't supposed to get married in the Catholic Church. And then he tells Lorraine, during his own research, his daughter's fascination with the occult grew, and she later became an occultist. Yeah. Do you want to talk anything about any of that? Um, it all felt pretty convenient at this point. Like, Yeah, I'd agree. Because they... And this is also where it really becomes evident that they're making basically an adventure movie. Because the Warrens go over to Danvers and learn XYZ. And then they come back to their own home. And uh, Drew, who was mentioned earlier, is kind of a long-running side character throughout these three movies. He's their assistant. Yeah, I love Drew. Yeah, he's great. And he did this research on witchcraft and sends him off to some other location. And Lorraine says, in my vision, I heard water running and water was dripping from the ceiling in this occultist room that I saw. And then she just goes at nighttime to Kastner's home 
And it just so happens that this is... Oh, she had a train as well. Yes. And Drew and Ed, after Lorraine leaves to go to Kastner's home, realize that the only train that could possibly be in Massachusetts is... Um, or about in Connecticut is one business line or one industrial line, which just so happens to go right next to Kastner's home. So they realize, after Lorraine left, that Kastner's home is the place where the person was performing these occultic, occultist uh, rituals. And then Lorraine shows up like, hey, we need help at like 10 p.m. or some shit and gets revealed all this information about how Kastner raised a daughter. And it's just like, oh, what are the odds? You know, what are the odds that everywhere they've gone, it's kind of lines up to, to work out. And then... Uh, to kind of bring us through, so Kastner, the the priest says, yeah, I raised her right here. She actually has tunnels underneath my house that I didn't tell you about before. And she does her demon shit down there. And I know about it. I have access to it. You can go take a look if you want. And she goes. And she goes solo. Wild. She finds the altar after looking for, this is just an issue with editing in the movie. She looks for about a minute and a half of walking around. Of actual screen time. And then just rounds the corner and there's the altar. She finds it. She tries pushing it over. Which looks dumb. Because it's a massive stone table. And she spends as much time trying to push it over. As she did finding it in the first place. She needs a fulcrum. She needs a fulcrum. Use physics. Physics is powerful. Um, Ed, having realized that Kastner has a occultist daughter... Goes to because of the, the farm. Because of the trains. <laughs> goes to the farm and he gets a sledgehammer. Hell yeah. And he opens a grate off, off on a hill with his sledgehammer. And then he drops down. And he's going through these tunnels. And this kind of felt like Indiana Jones to me. Where they were going through these tunnels. It was very mummy-esque. Uh, which again made it a little less scary. Because I was thinking of these adventure movies. They're going all over the place. Learning all these things from ancient tablets and shit. And finding the source of power. And uh, so he gets possessed by a demon. And he tries to kill Lorraine with a sledgehammer once he finds her. But she tells him about when they first met. At the ticket taker. And going to a gazebo. And Ed regains his consciousness. Destroying an altar with a sledgehammer. Um, and saves him, uh, Lorraine, and Arnie. And Arnie has just been kind of hanging out in prison this whole movie. The occultist arrives at her altar, and she is then killed by a demon because she summoned this demon to... And she's like, you can have a soul. And then the altar was destroyed, so she couldn't get the final soul. And the demon said, fuck this, I'm killing you, taking your soul. So she, like, twists into a bunch of broken bones and all and dies. Yep. So then uh, Ed gets this cup from the altar... That was used in this ritual. Puts it in his little room of artifacts. That's where Annabelle is. With Annabelle. Um, That's where she comes up again. Yeah. And then Arnie ends up being convicted of manslaughter because no one believes that he was possessed. Even though they had the whole tunnels. Check out the tunnels. He marries his girlfriend in prison. And then Ed built a replica of the gazebo and shows Lorraine and the movie ends on them. Like, they're saying, like, oh, the power of love and all that. Yes. Like, our marital strength that saved us from demons. And the movie ends on that note. And it's like, it's fine. I'm, 
Oh. It's fine. Yeah, okay. Um, run-of-the-mill horror story, I guess. I don't mm. know, it wasn't... Um, God, what was the one? Maybe it was The Woman in the Window, but there is that other one that started with an A. Started with an A. That had our boy from The Wire in it. Oh, uh, Dominic West is in it, uh, and Arwen from Lord of the Rings. No, that isn't, that isn't Arwen. It looks like Arwen. Uh, Dominic West horror movie. That movie is The Awakening. That the movie Awakening. is garbage. Yeah, this was way better than The Awakening. It's really boring. Um, oh, Isaac Hempstead Wright is in it. Bran. So, yeah, The Awakening is super boring. This movie, one thing that we did in the initial run was, what's the scariest part? What's your favorite scare from the movie? Yeah. My favorite part that I forgot, we didn't talk about it, but there's a scene where they're at home. Uh-huh. And uh, Ed Lorraine, Ed gets possessed. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that he's chasing a demon. And the way that they present this possession is that his entire house turns red and it's very dramatic, over-the-top, artistic-looking lighting. And he is trying to kill this demon and then he snaps to reality and it's uh, his wife. Thank you, Pugsley. Pugsley's having a bit of dinner. He is munching. So, that was my favorite. It was creative and intense and different. I guess I would pick a jump scare, but when the demon hand grabs the mouth, that's pretty scary. Yeah. How descriptive, Jenny. Paint me a picture with your words. The one demon hand on mouse. Very grabs scary. Arnie. Yeah. yeah. Um, why do you think this movie's in the top one? Oh, wait. It's not. <laughs> Where would you rate it? I'd, for me, I'd say it's worse than Conjuring One and Two. Okay, I'd agree. Worse than Annabelle Comes Home, and probably better than the rest. Better than the Nun. Oh yeah. Better than the Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Annabelle creation, Annabelle comes home, Annabelle. Okay, yeah. Better right after Annabelle. Yeah, It's right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's, it's in the middle. But it had the original actors come back, which is pretty tight. Should we rate this thing? Yeah, scale of 1 to 10. And this, for me, this is in the scope of the Conjuring movies, horror movies, not top 100 rating, but yeah. uh, on three, so Hold one, on. two, three rate. First, do you want to guess what it has on Rotten Tomatoes, or do you want to guess what it has after? I know what it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. So one, two, three rate? Yes. One, two, three, five six. and a half. Okay, okay, five and a half I'll bring it up fine. to six. No, five and a half is fine. Uh, yeah, it's just, I would give the, the first Conjuring like a nine or a ten. Because it was in, so scary. In terms of horror. I remember, I didn't get to watch it with you, but I got live reaction from your yeah. friends. I was hiding. It was you scary. Very cute. This movie. Scared boy. No, like, I know people will say like, oh, that horror movie wasn't really scary. And I never really agreed because I scare really easily. I and, do too. I didn't have nightmares after this one, but yeah, I had a brief nightmare that was kind of tangentially related. But this movie made me realize, like, hey, if you are familiar with jump scares and you see something and you immediately know, oh, this is going to be a jump scare, yeah, 
when it happens, it's really not that scary. But the fact that they're in there makes it more exhilarating overall. So it's like mm-hmm. more ex- exciting. So I'd say that this movie, like when I watch Conjuring, even rewatching it, uh-huh. I feel scared. I get, I get scared by that movie. Sure. This one, I don't know that I'd ever say I felt like truly scared. So I kind of get, you know, the vibe. I, okay. I was like, oh, that was intense. Yeah, all but right. But like, holy shit. You know? I think we've seen all of the scary movies in English. Yeah, we've seen them all. All of them. You know, all of the, like, scary ones. Yeah, because I don't want to watch... I, <laughs> From I like ghost 80s movies. onward. <laughs> I don't want to watch stuff that's like, oh, it's scary because it's so violent. Yeah. Or it's scary because it threatens real-world horrificness to its characters. You know, like Last House on the Left. I'm sure it's scary. I don't want to watch it. It's... I, I watched the extended version. Yeah. And it's and just we, gruesome. I wa- for... We watched the whole scene for some reason and that's when we stopped the movie because we felt too sick yeah and it's like that's that's scary but that's not entertaining scary that's just disgusting yeah so i like scary movies but not and so it's like ah, I'm, I'm not pursuing real world horror you know i want something like haunt which is technically yeah. real world horror you know but more it could fun. be i guess i think horror movies at their core they should be fun you know like oh it's really scary but it's it's fun to be scared, and when you think of something that's rooted in real world horror, then it's not fun. It's just reminding you of how terrible things can be and how people are evil. How awful the world is. Yeah, and that's not fun. Okay, yeah, I like it. Um, I like your answers. <sighs> I wish yeah. it was uh, early in the weekend instead of Sunday. But yeah. have a thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you listened. Um, let us know no let us know what your thoughts are you can email us rookiemoviereview at gmail.com we nice burp Uh, we might have contact at rookiemoviereviews.com but I haven't checked that outlook since I made it but check us out Uh, you can tweet at us at rmr underscore podcast and we're also on Facebook rookie movie reviews so hit us up on those socials um we're not super responsive, because we're not super popular. And if we were popular, we might be overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, but tell your friends, or don't. Um, we lost we lost our speed for a little bit there, but... We'll get it back. You know, yeah. Okay. All right. Let us know. Bye. Um,